Well, good morning. I really appreciate you being here today. And if this is your first time to come to church in a while, I just want to thank you for having the courage to do that. I know that's a difficult thing to do, a difficult step sometime. And I just want to say thank you for having the courage to do that. If it's your first time back in a while and you haven't been in church in a while, I just want to say thank you for doing that too, because sometimes it's hard to get back going at something that you know is good for you. Um, and this is good for us, right? God is good, right? All right. Well, I wanted to show you this picture of a, a place where I learned to fish. Uh, this is Swiftwater, New Hampshire. We spent two summers when I was a kid. I had the most idyllic, I got to stay in the light, they tell me. Stay in the light. That's a good one for today. Um, but I had an idyllic childhood. I have no complaints whatsoever about my childhood. Some people do. I had the best. Uh, we, my dad was a geologist, and we went to New, uh, well, we went to, to the Upper Peninsula, in, where my daughter-in-law is from, in, in Michigan. Uh, went up there for one summer, went to New York for two summers, went to, uh, and tell me if I missed something, but then we went to New Hampshire for two summers and then went to Idaho for two summers. That was my childhood. And uh, how can you ask for anything better than that? And everywhere we went, we fished, we camped, we did all kinds of stuff. We saw everything, saw the whole nation. This was the first place that I can really remember. Um, I was five years old here and this is where I caught my first trout. I remember those rocks. I want to go back and fish it again. This was our backyard, literally our backyard. And I'd fish every day, and Dad would go to work, and he gave me, oh, I forgot to bring it. I was going to show you the spoon that I caught it on. But it was a little red and white spoon with treble hook. Isn't this great message today? <laughs> Just show you some of my toys. This is my trout rig for St. James, where I cannot catch fish in St. James. I, I don't know what it is about tame trout. I just cannot catch them. And I'll go with Miller and watch him catch and limit out switch poles and he limits out with my pole. I don't get it. Um, but the, really, the thing that I really like the most is a smallmouth. And this is a smallmouth rig and I liked it so much I bought another one. So anybody that wants to go smallmouth fishing, I got a rig for you if you want to go with me. Um, this one over here is a $200 fly rod that I got out of the case one time to because I learned how to fly fish in Idaho and I we were going to go to I don't have any of that kind of stuff around here in Missouri because the trout you can't catch them in here in, in Missouri um, but I got this before we were going to go to Colorado and bought it and it rained every day that we were there and I was so disappointed so I haven't even used it yet um, so if anybody wants to go trout fishing out west, just holler at me. This is all the tools I take when I smallmouth fish. And I'm, I grew up in the Ozarks. I love it. You know, I, when I go fishing, I put on my old Yankees hat because I hate the Yankees. <laughs> but I like their hat. Put the sunglasses on. And I just go, and I forget the world, man. I just, I just love it. Absolutely love it. I don't know what your hobbies are, but... That's one of my favorites. Um, we're going to be talking about fishing today because it's so important to Jesus that we fish. Um, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water and 
for they fish for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. I want to dial down on those words, I will make you fishers of men. Many of these guys, the, the people that he called the closest to him of those 12 were fisher men. They were, that was ordained of God that they would be called from this kind of activity. And we're going to see why. But why would Jesus pick fishermen, common fishermen, hardworking business owners, fishermen to change the world? You think about it, you think he might want to pick a theologian or a, a rabbi or something like that, but he didn't. He picked a common fisherman. Why? And I will make you fishers of men. What does that mean? I will make you fishers of men, not worshipers. He didn't say, I will make you worshipers. He didn't say, I will make you activists. He didn't say, I will make you scholars. And say any of that. All that's fine in its context. But he said, earlier he said he was looking for worshipers, but he never said that he was going to make you into a worshiper. Really, when it comes down to worship, that's you. <laughs> that's your job, make yourself a worshiper. He doesn't make you to be a worshiper. He encourages us to worship. He reveals himself to us and we become worshipers that way. But he never said he would make us worshipers. That's something that we do ourselves. But he did say that he would make us fishermen. Follow me and I will show you how to fish. And here's the point, first point, I want to really get it across to us today and hopefully we'll internalize it. Anybody that follows can learn how to fish. Anybody that follows Christ can learn how to fish for people. And it's not that we're, like when I go fishing, I'm looking for the biggest fish in the river. I'm looking for the, the trophy. You are a trophy to God. And if you are not walking with Christ right now, you are still God's trophy. He's after you. I just want to tell you that. I'm just going to put that out in front of you that He is after you. And I am too. And we all are. Because we want your heart to be introduced to Jesus and how great he is. And I don't think that's wrong. Not trying to manipulate, not trying to do something underhanded at all. But I am trying to fish for your heart. Bring you closer to Jesus. You know, you think about it, you guys that are walking with Christ, and maybe you've walked with him for a while now, think about the good things that he's done for you. Really. He saved your soul, right? He came in and brought life like you've never experienced before. He, some of you, he's healed your bodies. Some of you, he, you've had such emotional wounds, and he came and he brought healing there's nothing that Jesus doesn't do for us that isn't good. And it would be so wrong for me, I can only speak for myself, it would be so wrong knowing what he's done for me that I wouldn't want to share that with you. That I wouldn't want to cast the line into your heart and really up closer to 
Jesus and introduce you to the one who did all this for me. He can, no favoritism. He'll do it for you too. That's so important. And it would just absolutely be wrong to keep all of that for myself. You agree with me? I will say that and temper it with this. I don't want to be that guy at the gym whom everybody walks around because he's so in your face about things of God. And what he's saying is all good. But his tactics, his approach are just so repulsive. Can I say that? Just so repulsive. And I don't want to be around that. I find myself going around. I pray for him. It's like, God help him. He's blowing it for everybody. <laughs> because I can't talk in there because of that. And I watch people, how they react. And they're like, you know. <sighs> okay. But on the other hand, I got to try. I got to cast. I got to speak up. I gotta share my story. Because that might be the lifeline to somebody. Doesn't matter what my personality is, God will use you just the way that you are. So, what does it mean to be fishermen or fisherwoman or fisher people? What did Jesus mean? Jesus said that after he would rise from the dead, that, and he used these words, you will receive power. Everybody say the word power power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Don't let that word witnesses scare you. Notice that he says you will be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So the clear message from what Jesus said is that we, we, we do receive power and favor with people. God gives us that. God grants that with somebody in your life. He gives you favor so that you can tell them something about how great and good God is. He gives us power to share. He gives us power to share. So you don't have to do it on your, on your own. You don't have to have this kind of power in and of yourself. The power comes from God. That's kind of nice to know because sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is share with people that we care about and tell our story. We don't think our story is really that valuable, but it is. And we need courage. And God gives us that courage. God gives us that power. So when I follow Jesus, I become something that I can't become on my own. And I understand and I do and I say things and I share things that flow out of a life with Him. And it's natural. It's not forced. It's not contrived. It's sincere and it's powerful. So Jesus said the following about after His resurrection and just before He left to ascend to heaven, He said these words. He says, I have been given, I've been given authority in heaven and on earth, and therefore, he said, go, go, and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. 
And be sure of this. And this, this phrase really jumped out at me this week. And be sure of this, that I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now I want to ask you a question. How many of you have already found out that Jesus is always there with you? I mean, a lot of us have experienced that. We, it's like, wow, he's just always there. He never leaves me. It's amazing. But this isn't really getting at that. This is almost something special. And he's been talking about going into our networks of relationships, our family, our, the people that we work with, the people that we recreate with, and wherever you go during the day and during the week and during the month, that he will go with you always when you share. And there's a special presence of God to help us share in a way that reaches the person's heart that we're in relationship with. So whoever you are, God promises, Jesus promised right there, that if you'll just start sharing your story, he'll be with you. He'll help you say things that need to be said. It's a special presence. I'm with you always, if we'll be willing. So there's, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about taking time to be still and cultivating the spiritual life, but that's not all. The next part is to bring it all out and bring it to people. There's a time to go, and God wants us to go. He wants us to initiate spiritual conversations with people, and don't just let things happen. Don't just expect and wait for things to happen. Well, if they ever said, no, you initiate. God's encouraging us to initiate. Don't just wait, initiate. Because people are hurting, and a lot of people, a lot of people, I was one of them, won't say a thing to you until you open up and say something to them. I'm with you always. It's frontline action. That's what I signed up for, right? Where the action is. Share our stories. And I'll speak a minute to you that are timid, because I kind of have that introverted personality too. But God can use you just as much as anybody. All you timid people say amen. <laughs> but you'll never catch anything if you don't cast something. And when you cast something, you're casting your words into people's hearts. A thousand years ago, a group of Vikings led by Eric the Red set sail from Norway, and they ended up on this giant island called Greenland. And they began to farm. And we think of the Vikings as um, sea-bearing, really rough people, raiders, and, and pretty rough. But they thought of themselves as, as, as uh, cattle people and ranchers and farmers. That's what they saw themselves of. And they got to this uninhabited Greenland and they began to establish society and it was really organized. It was really well done. But they had this unique thing about them. They won't eat a fish. And so something happened while they were there. They were there almost 500 years. And then all of a sudden, the historical count shows that they just disappeared off of Greenland. They just disappeared. 
So the archaeologists have come in there and they've looked at all the remains and they see remains of cattle, they see remains of all these animals that they were eating. They even found out that when they, right before they disappeared, that they were eating their pets. They, they got down to their dogs and they were eating dogs and, and the bones were there and the evidence is all there. But there's not any fish bones because they would not eat a fish. And it's so odd, it's so ironic because they know the sea and they're, on, they're, they're right there where there's tons of nutrition in the seas, yet they would not go below and catch a fish and eat it, and they starve to death. Because they wouldn't cast a line. They wouldn't throw a net. And they studied this and they found that societies that have disappeared usually is not a cataclysmic event. It's usually over the process of time that there's an idea that has kept them inward focused. Oh, God, never let us get that way. Never, never let us as a church, as a local church, as, a, as the church overall, never let us go to that place where we're just thinking about ourselves. Are you hearing me? We got to always be making ourselves disciples, making disciples of those that are outside our numbers because that's where the pain is. That's where the hurt is. That's why God calls us to be thinking about those outside of us. As soon as we get inward, we die. We die on the inside. When we think about ourselves all the time, something inside of us just dies. But when we think about somebody outside of our own pain and we think about somebody out there that needs help, our help, our story, then all of a sudden we begin to live because God's life begins to flow through us. How many have ever had a bad thing happen to you? <laughs> What does it make you do? It just makes you think about yourself. I'm just as human as you are, and it just makes me think about myself. But when I think about another person who's hurting worse than me, or even just hurting, it helps me. Because God's life flow, flows through me then. It's a challenge. It's a, it's a huge challenge. I want to talk to you about some of the reasons why we struggle to think about others. And we get so inward, and we get resistance to tell others our story. I want to tell you about one of the greatest fish stories that I've ever heard. A man that his name was Jonah. Don't click out. I've heard that story. No, this is great. This is the greatest story. And and do this. Just if you can't understand how in the world could a fish swallow a guy and a guy survive that long, just put that in neutral for a minute because I want you to keep the supernatural in the Scriptures. I want you, I want you to hang on. to. I believe that the Scriptures are supernatural. And that it really did happen the way that he said. Whoa. I really believe that Jesus came up from the ground three days. How, you know? You look at scripture, it's all supernatural. <laughs> you can't take the miracles out of there. 
and have the same scripture. And so when it comes to this Jonah guy, he's on, he, he's on the, the high road. I, I, by the high road, I mean he's close with God. He's a prophet. In the Old Testament, they, they called him prophets. Those guys that pretty much had a pretty good direct line in there under direct obedience. They have to do what God wants them to do, and they have to share what, the message that God gives them to share. If they don't, they get in trouble. You don't want to be in trouble with God. And so the message comes to Jonah. And he says, I want you to go to the Ninevites. And he, he knows who the Ninevites are. They're very cruel, very bad people. They were tremendous killers. The Ninevites, part of the Syrian empire. And so he says, I want you to go there and I want you to share this message. And Jonah says, yes, sir. And he boards a boat at Joppa, which is modern-day Tel Aviv. And, and, and modern-day Nineveh would be Iraq. And so he's, he's, he's boarding a, a, a boat there in Tel Aviv or Joppa at that time. And, and he gets on a boat, and he goes exactly opposite. <laughs> you know, he's supposed to go this direction. He goes that way. Yes, sir. I'm, and he goes that way. And a big storm comes up on the sea and starts to rock that boat. And the sailors that were in charge of the boat begin to work with the gods they knew. They thought they knew. And they start chucking things and sacrificing stuff. And nothing is working. And, and Jonah says, none of that. He tells the boys there, he says, none of that's going to work. Because the God that, that is over everything, he told me to do something. I didn't do it. And... That's why we're all going to die. And he said, the only thing that you can do is just chuck me overboard. And they're hesitant. They don't want to do that. And then another wind hits, and they say, okay, bye-bye. And they throw him overboard. And immediately this fish, I don't know if it was a whale or a fish or whatever it was, but something swallowed him. Is it a bad thing to get swallowed by a fish? I would agree with you right now that, yes, that's a bad thing, but... It's also a good thing because it's preserved his life. It protected him. You can look back in your life and you look at the bad things, and a lot of those, I guarantee you a lot of those, you can look back now and you say, you know, God was protecting me of something. There's been many of those things that I was like, wow, this is really bad, what's going on? I look back now and say, well, you know, it wasn't that bad now. <laughs> Let's see what he was protecting me from. God's hands on his is on all of us, all the time. He's always watching, never gives up on us. Never gave up on Jonah. Swallowed him up with a fish. Fish spits him out on land, and he goes and he preaches to the. He delivers this message from God to the Ninevites, a, a, a people group that were, were just sadistic killers, had no conscience, and they repent. No one is beyond God's touch. No one. We don't know who will receive. Only God knows. Our duty is just to share our story. Jonah shares the story. They all repent, and Jonah gets mad. Why do you get so mad? Because God would so freely forgive a person and a group of people like that. He didn't want to see it happen.
Why was he so resistant? I don't know that his reasons for being resistant are ours. But there is something that I want to get at here is that we become pretty resistant to share our stories for other reasons. I want to give you a couple of them. And the first is this. I don't know what to use. When it comes to fishing, I've got different lures in here. You know, one of my favorite is these plastic worms. And Man, I don't want to get into all that right now. But a lot of times, if I, if I were to go to a big body of water, and I've been on some of them, bigger body by oceans and the Great Lakes and things like that, I don't even know where to start. I need a guide. I, I just, I'd be wasting hours, days, because I'd keep trying, but I wouldn't even know where to start. So I'd have to hire a guide. And I remember, uh, it's been a few years now, but a professor of mine in Virginia Beach offered to take us fishing, and Drew and I got to go out on the boat, which, by the way, my son is here with his daughter-in-law, or my daughter-in-law. It's, it's your wife. It's my daughter-in-law. And just so happy. All the graphic design that you see around here, he's still doing that. And, um, and they're going to be moving to St. Louis. I know this is all free, so they're going to be moving to St. Louis. Just so excited about that. Um, but anyhow, we got to go out on that boat. Uh, we got to rig up, get the rig, help him get the rig. And Professor Mike on Chesapeake Bay, we, we went out there. I, I didn't know what we were doing. I just did whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do. I was just thrilled. This was a super treat for me. And got out there on the bridge where the ocean meets the bay and immediately got into some, some uh, ocean trout. And it was so fun until a storm came up and we had to sk skedaddle back. But I wouldn't have been able to do it without a guide. Some of these things, just a little coaching makes all the difference in the world. Just a little bit of coaching. Now, if I were to go back to Chesapeake Bay, I know what to do now because I was taking notes. I may still have to hire a guide, or get a boat somehow, you know, but I learned, you know. The trajectory of my learning curve goes up when I'm in the woods or, or in, the, you know, fishing. And it needs to be that way when we're sharing with people, too. Just a little coaching can make all the difference. I don't know what to use. You don't know where to go. You don't know what kind of bait and all that kind of thing. Um, but my point is that it's not that complicated. I think that telling our story is telling our history, right? And let's break that down to what that means. It's breaking it down to what is his story in our lives. That's it. And if you've been following Christ for 15 minutes or 15 years or longer, it doesn't matter who you are, you've got a story. God's done something. And you can share that with somebody. And I'm convinced this by this that God is constantly bringing people into our lives that need to hear what we have to say. Not that we force it, not that we get into their face, but simply share. And sometimes all you have to do is ask that person that you're in relationship with, say, can I share something with you? Sure. Open door. Just ask. 
It's not complicated. It's just his story flowing through us, and we just think about how we can share it. You have to have a theology degree? No. Do do I have to memorize a bunch of stuff? No. No. You already know what you need to know to share him with somebody else. And the lie that comes to our mind is like, I don't know enough. I'm awkward. I'm not any good at sharing this kind of thing. That's a lie. Just give it. Just share it. People are hungry. You simply need to know what Jesus has done for you. Well, I'm not an authority on anything. You're an authority on you. <laughs> you know you like nobody else knows. And you can share your life. And this is one of the reasons that I think, you can prove me wrong, but I think this is one of the reasons that Jesus picked fishermen. What do fishermen, let me ask you this, what do fishermen like to do more than even catching fish? They like telling stories about catching fish. And I think that's one of the reasons. Again, you might be able to prove me wrong. It might be one of the reasons that Jesus picked fishermen because he knew. Now listen closely. He knew that they were going to tell the story. And and God used them to change the whole world. He didn't use the prophet. He didn't use the, the, the theologian or the priest or the rabbi. He used the common fishermen because they would tell the story. See how critical it was to Jesus that they told the story. How critical it is now, today, that we tell the story. Well, what's your story? Here's my story. I was messed up. I'm still messed up. But I'm better. I'm not as messed up. And this is why. I'm still messed up, but I'm going to heaven now. I'm still messed up, but I got a whole lot of peace in my heart now. You need a theology degree for that? Absolutely not. I was messed up, still messed up, but now I'm free in areas that I've never been free before. That's your, well, that's my story. I don't know what your story is, but you can put it in your words. Yeah, but somebody's going to ask some questions that I don't know the answer. Yeah, (laughs) that's going to happen. Did Adam have a belly button? You know the answer to that? I don't know. That's the beauty of, that's a wonderful phrase to remember. I don't know. I'll probably use that one in sharing with people more than anything else. God can do anything, right? Everybody agree? Yeah? Well, can God create a rock that he can't pick up? Everybody together. I don't know. <laughs> it works. It really works. <laughs> because there's so much that we don't know. 
All right, the second reason that we sometimes pull back and we don't share. I tried to do this before and I failed. Ever been there? I've been there many times. Been there and failed. In fact, I'll tell you one more story about fishing. We were in Idaho. We went to the Salmon River, which is the Indians called it, the Native Americans, sorry. The Native Americans, I'm trying to be politically correct, right? And they went to the River of No Return. They call it the river because it's so fast. And if you stand by the shore, you can't even hear yourself talk to the guy next to you because that water's running so fast. Great whitewater river. Drew and I have even talked about getting on that river and whitewater in it because we did that in Colorado and we really both enjoyed it a lot. And um, went there with my dad. And I was so excited. We got there at Riggins. It's a little town on the Salmon River, and, and one of the guy, one of the fishermen there had caught one of these big salmon, and they put it in a cooler, in a cooler about this big. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 11 years old, and that fish was alive swimming, barely able to swim in that cooler. I mean, that's how big that thing was. That's the biggest fish I'd ever seen up to that point. And we get the rigs, and those look like miniature reels compared to what they use there on the Salmon River. The reels are that big and the treble hooks and you put the salmon eggs and, and I'm doing a bad time. I'm trying to describe this. What is that? Cheesecloth. And they tie that on there and, and so dad rigged me up and, and you learn the rules too. You got to do it the way they wanted to do it. So you throw it in there. I'm used to having, feeling something and pulling back on it. Well, the river feels like a fish because it's going so fast. And so I'm pulling back, pulling back like that. I said, no, no, it's not a fish. And, and uh, so the rules is, are that if uh, you, you get a bite, then everybody clears out and lets you fight. But you got to yell, fish on, or fish on. So everybody hears, you got to really yell it loud. Well, I'm... Fish on! No, it's just the river. Fish on! You know, it's just the river. I was doing that over and over again. And then finally, threw it in there. Boom! I couldn't think of what to say. And I'm, it's like pulling me in. And Dad's like, what's the matter with you, son? And, and then he goes, oh, fish on! And everybody cleared out, and it broke. The line broke. And I cried. I was like, <laughs> but you know what I thought right then? Rig me up again. This week I was talking to an atheist. And I was talking to him. It's like, fish on. Fish on. This is even more exciting than that salmon. Fish on. He was listening. He was, he was asking a couple questions. And then I said something that turned him off and the line broke. It's like, Ugh! why did that bother me so much? Because I wanted to show him Jesus. I wanted him to experience the great peace that he could have. That's what this is all about. It's just telling your story and going fishing for people. God can use you. And put fish on. And you're going to have the greatest joy. You know, Natalie, when, our oldest one, she was a little tight, maybe five. I took her to a pond and I taught her how to fish. 
And, you know, she could barely throw. And I baited it, and I threw it in there, and I stood behind her, and I, I showed her how to reel it. And, and so I threw one in there and caught one and, and started reeling it. And I did it all. And then she reeled it in the rest of the way. And she had so much joy doing that. When we got home, first thing she said, Mommy, I caught a fish. Didn't mention me. <laughs> Not a bit. Didn't, didn't say a thing about me. I caught a fish. And to this day, she kind of likes fishing. You know, I think that's the way it is when we fish for people. We can't, we can't catch them. Only God can catch a person's heart. He can catch anybody. If you'll let him catch you. But he sometimes lets us reel them in. But we got to remember, he gets all the credit. We're nothing. And here's the last thing. You know, there's just too much pressure. Too much pressure. Uh, eternity is hanging in the balance with what I say. No, I, I've got news. God can use any of us. He's not limited to one person. If you blow it, you blow it. No big deal. All right? You may not answer all the questions, you, but you can love people. You can love people with your story. And if you don't say the right thing, you don't have the right scripture, that's all right. It's all right. Just step out and share. But God gives you the joy to work with people. It's a privilege. It's an honor. He gets all the credit. There's no pressure. Listen, if he used a donkey in the Old Testament, I'm just saying, <laughs> and sometimes I feel like a, a donkey and don't say the right thing. I felt that way last week, and it's like, man, I know better. I know better, you know. But God's not limited. Hopefully that person received love from me. Maybe it was a seed, and God will send another person that will say the right thing too. It's all a team. It's God's great team we get to be a part of. Well, last thing I want to do is just, I'd like to share these cards with you, and I'd like you to take as many as you want as they get passed out here. And would you do this? Keep them on your person for the next couple of weeks. And we're going to pray here in just a second as we, as we end. I'd like you to pray with me and that God would bring us people that we can share our story with, invite to Easter. It's a really easy time to invite people to Easter. People are hungry. They don't listen to the lie that people aren't interested in spiritual things because it's just not true. And it's not just Easter and Christmas people are interested. People are interested all the time. Even statistics are showing that people are so interested. So take three, four, five of these and, and, uh, and we're going to pray. And God's going to show you some people to invite. So it's just a simple invite. Everybody can do it. And if you want to even do this, consider taking them to breakfast on that day or taking them to lunch that day. That would be good too. Just show some care and love. How many of you need love from God? And you don't want to keep it to yourself. You want to just give it to others. And so we're going to pray and believe that God would help us to give that to somebody. Let's stand. And we'll put those on the back if you want to get some more too.
Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness. Thank you that you never, ever give up. You never, ever give up. You haven't given up on us. You don't give up on the people that, that you're trying to touch right now. You're in their lives right now. And in some of these people's lives, you're in their lives through us. I pray that you open our eyes to the opportunities in the next couple of weeks to invite people. And I pray, God, that you would open their hearts to receive an invitation from us. I pray, God, that nobody would get up in people's face and be uncomfortable to people, but I pray that you give wisdom and that you give power and that you give favor so that lives can be transformed. That, and we know that the only way that that can happen is if they get in connection with you. You're the life transformer. You're the one who does all the work that we can't do. We know that you're fishing for the hearts of men and women and children all over. Use us, God. Use us in some way. Even if we invite and they don't respond, I pray that you would touch their hearts knowing that we care enough to invite. And then let that be a seed for a future invitation that maybe in the days to come that they would be more open, that we would continue to pray for them. I ask that you, in this whole uh, experience of inviting, that you would you would uh, initiate new spiritual conversations that, that people will be aware of things. Because I know when we give things like this and invite people, we, we open up new doors of, of uh, conversations. And I pray that that would happen and that you would do some incredible things, miraculous things. Pull people into the kingdom of God Pull them to it. Give them a heart to respond in Jesus' name. Amen.